Well, good morning, friends. And I just want to say thanks again for joining me here as we talk life and get into the, uh, I guess, the kind of the touchy subject, the sticky, the sticky subject of faith. And a lot of times when people talk about faith, of course, it's being talked about in the traditional Christian understanding or Western understanding of faith, faith in Jesus, faith in God, faith in and in that context. Of course, we know right off the bat that a lot of people don't have that same kind of faith. So some people's faith is non-existent or doesn't uh, doesn't reflect any element of Western tradition. Uh, faith in the path, faith in the way, the Tao, for example, if somebody was a Taoist, um, you know, faith in the in the noble truths, you know, if you're a Buddhist or whatever the case may be, I think that we'll find faith is a an across the board human experience and it's something that we actually need. So let's look at faith and and I want to be real clear about my understanding of faith or what I'm getting at here. When I say faith, I'm using the acronym following an intuitive trusting heart. And Faith for me is this realization that there is a, a higher order, there is a bigger power, there is this cosmic force. We can call it God, good old divinity. And so I can have faith in God or follow an intuitive trusting heart, understanding that good old divinity is going to help guide me through life and do that without dogma, without doctrine, without the need to dissect uh, any particular specific understanding of faith. It's just a general term and understand that faith is it's kind of placing hope in the future or having hope that things are going to work out. There's some level of predictability in in the patterns of life and the patterns of the cosmos. And so if we put our one foot in front of the other and we have a little bit of faith in the process, then we're likely to achieve the results that we desire. So it's an interesting thing to be here now to be where I'm at in my own walk in life, to be on my own spiritual journey at this point in the path, because I've had faith. I've had no faith. I've been um, agnostic most of my life. I, you know, not claiming to have, I, I always would joke and say, Hey, you know what? I have more questions than I have answers. And there was a period of time where I was a pretty adamant, you know, I would say atheist, but I use that term loosely. I, I, I adamantly denied any Western uh, God, church, Jesus, and all that. It was not, it did not resonate with me. I thought it was silly. I didn't buy it. And I was out there to chew, uh, chew people apart, you know, when, when they were, you know, professing faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and this kind of thing. And so it was something that was pushing my buttons. Of course, I've shared the story about how I came to faith or when I was at a very low point, uh, con, you know, contemplating the end of all things, you know, I, I was invited into a family of faith or a fellowship, a spiritual fellowship where I found that connection and ultimately it kindled my faith and like, hey, you know what, you know, life is good. God is good. And so I, I went forward with that and I was involved in the church. I studied the Bible and the scriptures and all of that. And I, I would say that I had a very strong faith. I had faith in God, just like the Bible teaches, you know, asking you shall receive all these things. You know, there's story after story in all, uh, all historical traditions, you know, about 
faith being rewarded where if you're if you're faithful you're a faithful servant you're going to be rewarded if you're if you have faith you have faith in the process you press on you push forward you persevere your faith will be rewarded and that was kind of the driving force i thought man as long as i have faith everything's going to be okay and so when it didn't work out that way when the person that i loved was being destroyed and all the faith in the world didn't seem to make any difference you know god didn't seem to care that was something that was very challenging and so i i talk about having a crisis of faith and it was pretty easy for me to flip back to this this you know kind of you know atheist agnostic stance where i was saying you know what this is this is just bullshit this is not working you know this this idea that you know ask and receive is just fundamentally flawed it doesn't function like that. And so I was having uh, a hard time accepting intellectually that that faith was a good thing. It seemed almost foolish to me to have faith because faith was not being rewarded. Faith was not playing out the way that I thought it should or would play out. So what do I do in that you know situation? What do we do in that situation? And for me, it was to rebel again. And I joke and say, I went back into the wilderness when I went back into this place of not needing being you know disconnecting and and shunning the whole idea of having anything to do with spirituality let alone church or god or any of that i was just bah, to hell with it i'm done with that crap right okay so you know we fast forward and i'm not going to repeat the whole story you know but coming through yoga and the idea of surrender to God and accepting life just as it is. And isn't this a perfect manifestation of divine intent right now? You know, the cosmos is in bloom, you know, where we are part of this expression of something bigger. And, you know, I have a, a renewed faith in a different sort of way. Now, what I was having a conversation with my wife here just uh, a couple nights ago and we were talking and I, I, I'm insensitive now when, when I have questions or I would challenge somebody's faith, I, I do it tenderly, right? I'm not out there, you know, com- being combative and trying to destroy or crush somebody's faith because I understand how valuable faith is. Faith leads us to hope. Faith has this, you know, this enduring quality where if, if we have a little bit of faith, if we have hope in a brighter future, faith in a brighter future, brighter tomorrow, then we have something to look forward to. If we have faith in the process that if I just keep, you know, putting one foot in the front of the other and persevering, that gives us hope. It gives us optimism. If I have faith in a higher power that says, you know, if, if I'm doing good, if I got, if I'm doing good things, good things will come to me as you reap. So, so are you so, you know, it's good karma. Right. And so all of these things operate very positively in our, in our psyche, right? These concepts of faith, concept of hope are very beneficial to being a human being. And in fact, I would dare say that we need that. And if we don't have faith and we don't have hope, what do we have to live for, right? What do we have to look forward to? Why do we have any reason to be positive or to be optimistic or to think good things are going to happen in the future? And so this is, you know, this is where the function of faith comes in handy. But as I was talking to my wife, I had this, this really, uh, harsh reality. (laughs) I had to face this harsh reality. She said, you know, when I was going through my crisis of faith and I came, you know, I came to this place where I just didn't believe I, you know, ultimately shattered her faith. Those were her words. She said, you shattered my faith. And she had tears in her eyes. I thought, Ooh, ouch. I said, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I didn't 
mean to do that. I, I was sharing my own doubts, my own insecurities. I was sharing all my own junk, but I, I didn't mean to shatter her faith, but I was very in, in guarding myself against emotional, you know, against the, the feeling of disappointment in my faith, not being rewarded, the feeling of uh, being, you know, lost and confused kind of on the inside, this idea that I don't know, uh, I don't know about this whole divinity, this whole God thing. I don't know about this whole faith thing. It just wasn't working. And so in my um, challenging of that internally, I, I was not accepting of somebody else's faith and so I could very easily point out all the flaws in faith. You know, this is what, what, what is your faith? Your faith is in the stories that have been, you know, translated and how many times and passed down and compiled and rehashed. And it's probably make believe it's definitely not the inerrant word of God. You know, all of these kind of things. I was really attacking that art ardently and saying this is not this isn't intelligent. You know, you can't be serious and and say that you believe these things because why you know why would you believe that that doesn't that's not even good it's not even true and so that's where i was coming from and this was years and years ago but it was you know it, it had definitely hurt it had stung it had left a mark you know no i didn't want to you know pray before a meal why would i do that you know what how stupid how pretentious you know what i mean you think god really gives a damn if we pray before a meal i don't think we do i think it's just this you know pretentious spirituality that is uh, to make us feel good about ourselves and that sort of thing and so things like that no i don't need to go to church for christmas are you kidding me i mean come on this is just a big you know again a parade of you know superficial spirituality very very pretentious and i just have nothing to do with it man it just reeked of everything i disliked and had disdain for so what do i I do you know here i am now trying to you know help people understand life in the context of a spiritual journey without the dogma the doctrine you know understanding that you know some people may have faith in in jesus some people may have faith in the buddha some people may have faith here 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 i don't care so much about where somebody's faith is but i understand i've come full circle back around to the importance that faith is important we need to have it we have to have it as a human being in order to function properly or to function at our best best you know so faith focus and freedom and when we have faith faith in the process faith in good old divinity faith in life you know that life is fundamentally good again because we eat sleep and procreate this is what's necessary for survival and because that's necessary for survival then you know it is uh and they're enjoyable i mean from that i can extrap extrapolate you know extract the the concept that life is good and i can feel solid about that like logically yeah life is good you know logically it's it's happening for a purpose there is an intelligent existence an intelligent you know design to everything this this fundamental awareness is percolating and expressing itself in this infinite complexity but it's an intricately woven web all designed for a purpose you know each flower petal has a purpose each you know insect and in its design its body armor and its wings i mean all i mean the camouflage of animals and I, <laughs> I really dork out on it because it's so cool to me you know i see this magic of life all around this magical manifestation a divine intent that curious exploration of everything that is of infinite potential and i know that i am a part of that and that feels good to me i don't have faith in that i know that to be true for myself i am a part of this divine expression you are a part of this divine expression and in so much as we are each fundamentally unique you know, we're each, you know, an individual expression of some, you know, divine intent. We each have some gift born into this world, the person who we are. 
can we have faith that there is goodness in life and there's a path in life that's going to lead us to our highest potential? Can we follow an intuitive, trusting heart? Have faith. Follow an intuitive, trusting heart. Trust your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We don't have to figure it all out. And we trust the heart and we move forward towards something that feels meaningful to us. This is what's meaningful to me personally. What's meaningful to you? What's meaningful to me is that I share my heart, that I that I engage and connect with people, that I help lift people up, that I help people realize it's okay to say, hey, man, I'm on a journey. It's a spiritual journey. Or, hey, it's okay. You know, I can connect with God in my own sort of way. Or I can study the Bible. Or I can study the Book of Mormon. Or I can study the Quran. Or I can study the Tao. I can study all of these different things that I can learn from these traditions. And that's okay because it's building me up. I'm educating, I'm edifying, you know, I'm learning, I'm elevating my inner awareness, my spiritual awareness. And in doing so, as I begin to elevate my internal, my spiritual awareness, then I begin to realize, I begin to see things differently. I begin to realize life is perfect just as it is right here and right now I'm alive. And I have choices, right? This is like, we're powerful creatures. We have the power of choice all the time. What do I want to choose to do? I want to choose to do what I was born to do. I got to do a little bit of the hard work of the heart to figure that out for myself. I have to peel back the layers of illusion. I peel back the layers of social conditioning, you know, peel back all, you know, parental expectations, peel back all these things to get right down to the core of who am I and what was I born to do? Now, if anybody's been listening for a while, you know, I've got some, some webinars and some workshops designed to help people do that. I was just this morning getting excited about one called the Soul uh, Soul Wrench Workshop. It'll be a spiritual workshop for men. You know, understanding that as men, we have to be able to step up into our own shoes and be the men that we're born to be so that we can be a positive force in our communities, in our families, in our friendships, in our workforce. And so, you know, understanding those kind of things, you know, Soul Wrench Workshop, uh, Soul Wrench Workshop, uh, spiritual workshop for men or the soul wisdom workshop. You know, these are things that I get really excited about because I think it takes more than just a half an hour, 45 minute podcast and me talking. It takes that real heart to heart, that real opening up. It takes time to open up. It takes time to feel comfortable. It takes time to, you know, build a rapport or a relationship where we're willing to be vulnerable to let down our guard and be known for who we are. And expose the expose our insecurities, expose our fears, and talk about it. And when we bring those fears and those insecurities up in good faith, and we bring it into a safe environment, it's amazing how they tend to just kind of dissolve in the light of awareness, in the light of love, in the light of people who are being kind and accepting and receptive. That is a powerful form of community. That's a powerful form of fellowship. This spiritual connection, this intimate connection into me, see intimacy, into me, see you can see into my heart deeper than just the mental projections, the egos and the shells and this roles that I project and put out there. I want you to know who I am on the inside right here, right now. And I'm still feeling out and trying to figure this out in the podcast format because there's nobody sitting right in front of me and I, I don't have anybody to connect with and share with right here. But I do trust that if I keep following my heart, this is me having a little faith in the process. If I keep putting it out there, if I keep trying, if I keep showing up and being present, being real, being raw, being relevant, sharing what's on my heart and putting it out there, I got to trust that somehow, somewhere in the world, somebody's going to hear this and appreciate it. It's going to add value. This is a gift somehow to someone. If I share my heart, it's going to be a gift to someone. If somebody else, you share your heart, it's going to be a gift to somebody. When we open up and let that light of life shine through us, 
when we talk and we are real raw and relevant, when we're not trying to be pretentious, it's not this, you know, this fake, you know, foofy spirituality. It's not new age, you know, hippie cult spirituality. You know, it's not a, a traditional dogmatic doctrine, you know, structured spirituality. It's just an open heart and an open mind showing up and being present observing what's real right now and sharing in that connection, sharing in the, the moment uh, coming together. So sharing our collective wisdom, that's where I was going with that. I just, I think there's so much of a need for this. And so this is why I created the heathen house, heathenhouse.org. It's up, you know, it's up there. I'm trying to get it running, uh, building that in the local community, but I want to take this message, you know, bigger and broader. And I think that what's going to happen in as the organization grows is a lot of people are going to, I think right now in the 21st century, the circumstances have never been more ripe for people to have this crisis of faith, right? There's more information out there, right? We are naturally curious creatures. So I'm curious about the origins of the Bible. You know, I'm curious about contradictions in the Bible. I'm curious about what, you know, why do Jews not believe that Jesus fulfilled prophecy? Now, there's an interesting study if you've never done one, right? There are all of these ways that we can look at our traditional beliefs from a lot of different perspectives. And if for many people, that's opening Pandora's box. If you don't want to open the box, don't open the box. It's nice and neat and tidy. It serves a function to have faith in Jesus and to go to church and have that community, have that fellowship. It's powerful and it's important. And prayer groups and study groups and Bible studies and all that is powerful and it's important. And if that's what's meaningful to you, hold on to that. Hold on to that with all the faith you can muster, you know, move forward and trust that it's okay. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in the book of James that says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God, right? You don't have to ask your pastor if it's okay. You ask God, you can read, you can learn, you can study, you can listen to this podcast. You can go to heathen house if you wanted to. And it's okay. You know, you don't, you know, yes. Okay. The devil's out there like a lion seeking, you know, to romp around and devour people. Really? Okay. That's a little bit contradictory with this idea that, you know, we're, you know, we're armored up in the presence of God. Right. But ultimately we can know at the end of the day, if you have any questions about life, you can just straight up ask God. You don't have to go to church. Uh, you don't have to go, you know, talk to the pastor, the clergy or the Iman or, you know, whoever the case may be. You just open up your heart and ask God, right? Good old divinity. You ask for the answers, you know, and guess what? It's going to show up, right? You're going to hear if you listen to your heart or you're going to see the, the lessons going to be become apparent. The answer is going to become apparent to you. This is the way it works. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it takes a day or two or a week or two, whatever the case may be. You know, just trust that. Have a little faith in that. Follow an intuitive trusting heart. Know that inside of you is the infinite wisdom of the cosmos, right? So we're not throwing these questions upward and outward towards some, you know, some pie in the sky idea of, you know, some dude in a rope sitting on a cloud somewhere. It's not, it's not that so much as it is understanding that the, you know, God within us, you know, is, you know, so the scriptures say that, you know, Jesus says the father is in me as I am in you. So is this not the direct connection? Like God is inside of us, right? So if we're asking those questions, we want to still our mind, take a few deep breaths, calm the mind down, and ask yourself in your heart of hearts where God dwells, the spiritual awareness dwells, the fundamental awareness dwells inside the core of who you are is that infinite wisdom, that 
that all-knowing presence is there. And so the answers percolate up and they're going to come up for you in a way that makes sense to you. And for some people that maybe, you know, that makes sense to you in, in, for example, Native American spiritualism, right? That I love, I have, you know, I have some native blood in me, but ultimately I grew up in the woods. I was around that culture a lot. And I just like the way the Native Americans teach the great mystery of life. You know, the mother earth, father sky, you know, the sun and all that, the cycles of life, that the birds and the animals are always talking to us. You know, do you have, do you know your, your spirit animal totem, for example, that could be a very powerful resource, a powerful tool in your life. Do you have spirit guides that guide you, you know, spirit animals that guide you, you know, uh, geez, cause it sure seems like I do. You know, I can look at the wisdom of the squirrel or the wisdom of the hawk or the eagle or the wisdom of the cougar or the panther. And I can find wisdom in that. I can find guidance in that. And I would call it divine guidance. I would say that this is how God is speaking to me through these creatures or through these resources. And that's okay. I understand a lot of people might think that that's, you know, bullshit or a lot of people might not get that they're not into that that's okay it doesn't have to be your thing but you know what it's okay if it is your thing that doesn't make you weird or less than it doesn't mean that you don't have a connection with god if that's how you you connect with god that's how you connect with god whatever your path how you connect with god you know this is this is really important you know is that you have the connection how do you connect with god good old divinity something bigger than yourself that higher power that inner awareness how you know and understand that if the way that you connect with god is comes through layers upon layers of of you know conditioning traditional conditioning generational conditioning it may get stale and it may come to a place where it doesn't really uh fit or sink or feel just right maybe you're not really getting that satisfaction you're not really uh satisfying that spiritual hunger that craving for understanding that craving for connection for growth and if that's the case maybe maybe you come to a place of crisis of faith and you know maybe in that crisis you start seeking answers maybe in that process you encounter a conversation with somebody or a resource, a source of information, a perspective that you had never heard or never seen before. And maybe that shatters your faith. And it's scary as hell because now all of a sudden you don't know what to think. You don't know what to have faith in. You don't know how to relate to God. If you don't have, if everything that I always thought about God was not true or is somehow, you know, not quite getting me to that connection, then... What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to believe? Where am I supposed to place my faith? What's the foundation for hope? All of this stuff, right? These are very real, very valid. I would say very visceral questions. Very, uh, we, we can feel it, existentially feel the weight of these questions. If we don't have faith in God traditionally, who do we have faith in, right? And that's, so a lot of people will never go through or maybe they come into the spiritual crisis and they they go back to what's familiar they, they fall back into the arms of their church family because that's comfortable that's familiar that's love that's acceptance it's a path and it's a good path so if you're on that path feel free to stay on that path if you don't feel like that path is leading you to where you want to be or to your 
you know, your personal connection with the divine essence of everything that is, if you don't feel like the traditional path is leading you to a, in, a connection with, with the essence of life itself, then you're missing out, right? And it's time to go ahead and open the doors of the mind just a little bit and begin to consider there are other paths. You know, Buddhism is a really popular path right now. Mindfulness, you know, this idea of Buddhism is, is this, you know, oh, Buddhism is not a religion. It's a way of life and all this kind of stuff. Bullshit. I mean, it's a religion just like any other religion. And the more you get into it, the more there are layers upon layers of sacred secrets. And there's all these realms and spiritual realms and heavens and hells and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you're curious about it, study it. There's something to be said there. There's definitely a path. There are noble truths. There's, you know, the truth of suffering, the truth that there's, you know, a way to end suffering. Ultimately, you know, we can we can reduce the cycle of self-induced suffering. We can realize that our suffering comes from attachment and from ego and all this kind of stuff. There's so much really, really good stuff in Buddhism. And hey, if you haven't learned it, you're probably missing out a little bit, right? So even if you adhere to a, an older a, a Western traditional faith, uh, then why not? You don't have to be afraid of Buddhism. You don't have to be afraid of Hinduism. I love Hinduism because of the, the color. It's so colorful. There's so many different gods, right? And each god has a very different symbolic meaning. And it's something that gives the way for our mind to make sense of life. How the hell did I get here, right here, right now? Why in the hell is life the way that it is? And it's not, you know, Hinduism is not like the gods of Mount Olympus, you know, the god of thunder and all that. It's not quite so rudimentary. It's actually quite sophisticated. And the philosophical meaning behind Shiva and Ganesha and you know, all of these deities is, is powerful. You know, you can, you can learn from these lessons, just like in Native American uh, spiritualism, you can learn from the lessons of, of the animals. You can learn from the lessons of the deities of Hinduism. You can learn from the lessons of the Buddha. You can learn from the lessons of Jesus Christ. You can learn from the lessons of Joseph Smith in the book of Mormon, right? We don't have to be afraid of it. And if that concept is scary, <laughs> that's okay. You know, if your faith has been shattered, that hurts. You need to connect with the essence of life. You need to make sense of the meaning of life. How are you doing that? Are you praying? It can feel good to pray. Are you meditating, quieting the mind? You know, it can feel good to meditate and quiet the mind. These things are, are ways of getting out of our head. And really that's the big key, you know, when we're in a crisis of faith, because we can't understand it, we're trying to make sense of things. When we feel like our faith has been shattered, like, oh shit, now I don't know what to believe because all the beliefs I used to have just don't really stick anymore. They don't resonate anymore. And we're going, wow, what do we do? It hurts, I've been lied to and betrayed or whatever the case, whatever the emotions may be, we can calm the mind and go into our heart and know that at any given moment, any given place, no matter where we're at in life, physically, mentally, emotionally, no matter where we're at spiritually, no matter how far away we may feel like we are from God, from good old divinity, from the essence of life, ultimately we are intimately connected to God. We have a direct line, like pick up the phone and start talking line to God. 
right here, right now. It's like the red phone, right? And how do we do that? We communicate with our heart. We connect our head with our heart. It's not this mental exercise. Again, that pretentious spirituality, if I pray this way and I pray the Lord's Prayer and I pray like this and I pray like that, you know, if I, if I chant incantation to Ganesha, you know, or whatever the case may be, there's value in all of those things. I'm not saying that there's not. I'm just saying that it's not necessary because underneath all of that, that's, that's the symbolism. But underneath all of that is the substance, the substance of the heart opening up and saying, God, where are you? Here I am. Know me. I want to know you. And really what's happening in that moment is you're saying, I want to know myself. I want to know the truth about life. And when we're open, we are, our hearts are open, our minds are open, we can begin to learn. We can begin to discern the difference between our head level understanding and our heart level understanding. We can begin to restore our faith by following an intuitive, trusting heart. It's not faith in a dogma, faith in a doctrine. It's faith in good old divinity, faith in life itself, that is fundamentally good, that there's a purpose, a reason that, that there's, you have a purpose and a reason personally, but there's, there's a bigger picture too. And you're part of that bigger picture. We have reason to have hope, to have optimism that the future is going to work out just fine right? I don't know. I'm not in control of the cosmos, but I know it's fundamentally good. God is fundamentally good. Life is fundamentally good. I can have faith in that because in my heart of hearts, I know it's true. I can follow an intuitive, trusting heart and I can ask for guidance. I can begin to look and see the miracles in every moment, the miracle of every moment, as I was talking about in the last podcast. And, you know, looking at the magic of life, Maybe faith has been shattered. Maybe you're in a crisis of faith right, right now. But when you just take a deep breath, settle your mind for a moment and open your eyes, open your heart and just observe, become aware of the magic that is all around you right now. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, there's so much magic in the air. <laughs> it's amazing, right? I mean, whether you're sitting in a car and you're looking at the steering wheel and the odometer and all that. I mean, think about how the car, I mean, wow, boom, mind blown. That's pretty cool, right? Think about, about podcasts. Think about modern technology. Think about the, the ancient, you know, sciences, right? Think about the wisdom of trees. Think about, I mean, it just, it's so cool. There's so much super duper cool stuff. There's so much magic all around all the time. Where's our frame of reference, right? So if we're feeling down, we're feeling downtrodden, you know, are we feeling like, holy shnikes, man, my, my, uh, my doctor, my dogma has just been destroyed by this new bit of information. And that's uncomfortable, scary, but it's an, it's an invitation. It's an opportunity to be curious, be curious about yourself, be curious about your inner wisdom, be curious about the essence of life itself, be curious about God, good old divinity without the labels, without the context of conditioning. Try to let that go best you can. If you want to, you don't have to, you can hold on to it because it's convenient and it works and it's functional. Again, I, I you know, to go back to that story, uh, you know, sharing about my wife and her sharing, you know, you, you shattered my faith. That was not my intent. And I realized that that caused pain and I'm very sorry. You know, I apologized. We cried, we hugged, we love. And ultimately, you know, that is just a glimpse into how tender our spiritual connection is. 
how necessary. It's so deep in our heart, this need to connect, this need to feel confident and certain that my understanding of life is is at least fairly aligned with the truth, right? We need that. That's why people get so, you know, have such strong conviction, super strong conviction that, hey, you know, this understanding or this path or this faith is their one true path and faith. And the truth is we each have one true path and faith for ourselves. We have to discover that, find that, define it. We get to redefine it and refine it often throughout our life. You cannot understand life from a fixed point of view, right? Things are changing constantly all the time. All the time, everything is changing. So if our perspective hasn't changed, if our understanding of God hasn't changed, if our relationship with God hasn't changed, then something, we're missing something somehow, somewhere. What are we missing, right? Maybe we're missing an open mind. Maybe we're missing an open heart. Maybe we're missing the opportunity to continue to learn, to grow, to challenge ourselves Maybe we are just stuck in an echo chamber with the same people telling us the same things all the time. Maybe we're not allowing ourselves to be exposed to life. And in doing that, is that not sheltering ourselves from God, right? If we live in a bubble, are we not sheltering ourselves from God? Is this, is God not the creator of all things? The divine essence of everything that is, the eternal enigma, the great mystery of life, this is all things. It's all-inclusive, the grand sum of all that is God, good old divinity, right? If we live in a bubble, we are sheltering ourselves and we are not connecting with God because we can't. We're not, we're just not allowing ourselves. We get this little sliver of conditioned perspective and it may feel good and it may serve a function and it may be a good thing. But ultimately, here's what I think happens, right? People who live in the bubble are, are kind of insulated. And because they're insulated, you know, there's, I think there's a maybe even, I'm going to branch out here for just a second and say there's an intentional effort by clergy of any religion to kind of uh, inoculate, you know, to, to give people a regular injection of their version of truth, whether you're going to, you know, some given church or any given religion or any given temple or mosque or synagogue, or it doesn't really matter. If you're getting a regular injection of a, of a very uh, distilled certain specific truth, this is to help you uh, be sort of immune to different ways of thinking, right? Because you have the right answer. And you're getting that same right answer repeatedly. And then you surround yourself with people who believe that that is the same right answer. And what happens is then we're insulated from the rest of life. And in that, with that insulation comes a, a, a certain degree of insensitivity. We then lack the sensitivity to see life as it is. And we begin to judge we get, begin to compare and contrast. We think, oh, well, look at that faith, man. Did you know that the Lutherans and the Presbyterians do it like this? Did you know that the Catholics do it like that? Did you know that the Mormons are just a big cult? You know, all of these just crazy things that we think. And maybe there, maybe or maybe not there's truth in any of it, right? But come on, let's get off our high horse, right? Let's step down off the soapbox. Let's quit being pompous and pretentious and realize that all of these people, you know, these are just human beings. These are our brothers and sisters in the world, in humanity. And we all need that spiritual connection. This is how some people are finding a connection. This is how some people are finding community. This is how some people are finding a fellowship. And that's valuable and that's important. So why the hell would we judge them or beat them up for it? That doesn't make sense to me, right? Let's, let's let go of all that crap and come back to this place of having a humble heart being honest with ourselves, understanding that, okay, you know, the three great virtues, 
And this is a, the, the pillars of Heathen House for me are the three great virtues, honesty, humility, and honor. We need to be honest with ourselves. Honest that we can only understand so much. We have a very small slice of the pie, right? We'll never understand everything. Just understand that. And so other people have a different slice of the pie and they see things differently and that's okay. Honesty. I honestly understand that I don't understand everything, <laughs> right? I'm going to be honest with myself and I'm going to be honest with, with each, we, we got to be honest with each other. I'm going to be honest with other people and speak from the heart to live from the heart again so that we can share and connect from the heart. But honesty has to be followed by humility, you know, honesty, humility, this idea that, you know, I, I'm not really in a place to provide my own metric. I can't measure so much, you know, am I, is my knowledge superior or inferior, you know? And so I, I like to talk about shedding the assumption of superior knowledge, right? Let's stop assuming that I've got all the answers. Let's stop assuming that I'm the one that's right and everybody else is wrong. Let's stop assuming that my way, my path is the right path. You may still believe that, but let's not take that assumption and then bash our brothers and sisters over the head with it. Let's not bash other human beings over the head with it because what good does that do? Is that helpful or harmful? Well, it's obviously harmful. It's not very helpful, right? And so even when we think we're doing good things, we're going to go out there and we're going to bash people over the head with our version of faith or our version of the path or our version of truth. What we're really doing is we're causing harm. And that's how, how does cause harm glorify God? Right. I mean, this is we get real slippery. Right. And we get into, you know, we get into the great crusades. Right. Go back in history and look at all the things people have done in the name of God, all the things people have done in the name of good faith and even continue to do in the modern world. Right. We're, we're we like to think that we're, we're so sophisticated and evolved in the 21st century. But come on, let's look at humanity in the broad context and realize, man. You know, we're kind of, uh, uh, well, humanity's messy. That might be say, you know, way to say it. But as a species, man, holy spokes, you know, we've, we've got this uh, proclivity for destruction, right? We want to take things and go out there and kill the people that disagree with us. And there's genocide going on in the world. There's all this kind of stuff. It happens, you know, murder and mayhem. It happens. And this is the darkest, ugliest, worst part of humanity. We'll save getting into the why that might be sometime, but let's look at it generally right now and say it's because of pain and suffering. Pain and suffering beget pain and suffering. When somebody's hurting, they tend to hurt others. They're more apt to hurt others, right? And how do we get out of this cycle of suffering, of hurting people? We need to be honest, be humble, honesty, humility, and honor. That's part of it. But we also need to have faith and hope. Well, we've got to be humble. Let's talk about honoring for just a minute. To honor the human condition. I honor your path. I honor your wisdom. I honor your light, the light in your eyes, the light in your heart, the light of your soul. It comes through and I can see that. I can feel that. And that's beautiful. You are a beautiful person that has beautiful potential. Do you know that? Are you living that? Can you feel that for yourself? And if you can't, I'd like to help you find that connection inside of yourself. Right. But ultimately, I'm going to honor whatever your path. If you come to me and you say, I'm a Wiccan. Uh, great. Awesome. Let's talk about how that makes life meaningful to you. And how does that help you have a positive impact on humanity? Or, you know, you're, you're a Native American and you, and you hold fast to those Native American teachings. OK, great. Let's talk about how that's meaningful to you and how that can help you have a positive impact on humanity. Or if you're a Hindu or a Buddhist or a Christian or a Jew, let's talk about how your faith can help you find meaning in life and have a positive impact on humanity. I honor your path. 
Will you honor mind? Honestly, humbly, can we honor one another more often than not? Can we get over ourselves long enough to realize that we're all on this journey? It's a personal journey. It's an individual journey, but it, it's ultimately it's a collective journey, right? We're in it together. We're all moving in the same direction. If for nothing else than from cradle to grave, from beginning to end, from ashes to ashes, dust to dust, right? All that kind of stuff. You know, nobody's going to get out of life alive. What happens when we die? You know, oh, now there's a conversation. That's a conversation that we're going to share, uh, say for another day. But, you know, this idea of just, let's just honor each other. Let's be humble. Let's be honest. Let's share. I have questions. I have insecurities. I have fears. I have worries. I have doubts. I have faith. I have hope. I have optimism. I have confidence in this, certainty in that. You know, all of that kind of stuff. Let's shed the assumption of superior knowledge. Let's get rid of the myth of equality. Let's come back to a place where we can each be individuals and unique and we can have some mutual respect because isn't that the foundation for open communication, for growing together? And obviously we need to grow together. Reminds me of a quick story here. Yeah, yeah, I was just noting the time, you know, there was a gentleman that I was talking to and we were talking about, you know, growing, you know, personal growth. And I, you know, I'd share with him, Hey, I like to go off into the woods, you know, a couple times a year, go out, you know, get isolated out in nature and seek wisdom in solitude. This is where I can quiet my mind. I can see the beauty and the wisdom of nature. This is where I feel my own personal communion with God, with the divine essence of life itself. And it's meaningful to me. I need that. It charges my batteries, <laughs> gives me clarity. I can come back, start kicking ass, right? Making it happen. And this gentleman was sharing, he, he kind of felt the same way. He felt like that was, you know, he really gets a lot out of being by himself and, you know, all that kind of stuff going into his contemplative cave. And then I said, you know, but the truth of the matter is that we can't live in isolation. We can't really learn everything in isolation either. So if I go out into the nature and I learn something about myself or I think I learned something about life, I have to come back and either share that or live that, integrate that in my life and see how it plays out. <laughs> because when we're alone, we're also subject to deception, right? We can be deceived by our mind, by our ego mind. And so and we can trick ourselves into thinking. We can convince ourselves of absolutely anything. That's pretty much a human uh, gift, <laughs> human trait, blessing and a curse. You know, we can convince ourselves that we're right. We can convince ourselves that the way that we see it is the way that it is, when in fact it's not, right? Oftentimes it's not. Most of the time it's not. You know, so I was challenging him. I said, you know, you can't, you know, you'll, you'll never reach your full potential in isolation. You just can't. We need each other to grow because, again, coming back to that sliver of perspective, that small slice of the pie, somebody else is going to come along and see things or see your perspective or see, you know, your place in life a little bit different, your current situation a little bit different. And when that happens, that's a really... Uh, eye-opening experience, right? It can blow your hair back. It might be a 10-year-old kid or, a, you know, that comes in and says something so profound you never thought of, it changes your whole life. Uh, it might be a mentor. It might be a pastor or a counselor. It might be your best friend. It might be your enemy. It might be the person that you dislike the most, the person that's just driving you nuts. But for some reason, you know, they say something that just changes your life. Again, it changes the perspective because we cannot understand life from a fixed point of view because everything is changing. We should invite this. We should welcome this. Don't be afraid of it. It's okay. It's okay to grow. It's okay to change. Understand that we got to grow together. We got to come together. We got to share. We have to clash a little bit. 
We have to say things that might step on toes or be offensive because, hey, you know what? If everybody's playing nicey nice, then isn't that we just kind of revert back to that pretentious spirituality where we're talking about life in these glossy terms that nobody really agrees about what they actually mean. And nobody's actually saying what they actually think because they're too scared of what other people might think or the judgments. Right. So we're going to let go of the judgments. We're going to be honest, you know, honesty, humility and honor. We're going to take that. And we're going to move forward. That's how I want to uh, maintain the atmosphere in this podcast. You know, this is the, the atmosphere of my relationships, my connection, my friendships, my family. It's just to be able to talk about it. And again, you know, if you're in a place where you're you're unsure, you're seeking or a place where you're in this state of crisis, you're, you're, you're really kind of internally challenging many of the assumptions that you've held for a lifetime, perhaps. Most of the time somebody's raised up in a religion, they, they maintain that religion because it's very difficult to challenge that, to let that go because it's, there's so much at risk. What's the family going to think and all of that kind of stuff. I'm going to lose my place in the world. And if I don't believe in this, then what am I supposed to believe in? That's the crisis of faith. You know, if you're there, you know, or maybe you're at a place where where life has come crashing through to you. And for whatever reason, you've come to this point where you just simply can't believe the old ways that you used to believe. And if that's where you're at, you know, just feeling that pain, you know, know that you're going to have to connect. You're going to have to come back. You're going to have to find that faith, that intuitive trusting heart. It's necessary to grieve and to heal and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, you're going to have to come back and connect with fellowship, with people who are willing to talk about the spiritual journey in an open context, open hearts, open minds. You know, and this is, again, Heathen House, heathenhouse.org. You know, Heathen House offers fellowship for seekers, for sinners and for spiritual skeptics. Come as you are, whoever you are, where you're from. Let's get together. Let's talk about it. Let's gather together let's grow together and then ultimately we can synergize we can give back together that's the gist of it so i'm sharing that at the end of this podcast because ultimately i was thinking about words that you know i want to be able to provide context you know by sharing stories i want to be able to talk about it and, and maybe somewhere in the process of talking about it, a little insight slips out or i say something that triggers something in somebody's mind but ultimately I, I we need to be doing it together and so you know with the heathen house you know this being a, an umbrella organization it's a nonprofit. it's there it's going you know i want to make this grow have the home fellowships have the small group studies provide you know, online studies and resources and all that stuff. And ultimately the truth is I need help. I can't do it by myself. So if you're listening to this podcast and it sounds like, Hey, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. Go check out heathenhouse.org and check it out. You kind of get a feel. I, you know, it's my very best of building a website. I'm sure it could be better, but it's there. You can check it out. There's a place on there that says, you know, if you want to get involved, you know how you want to get involved, do that, send that, submit that, let's connect. I'd love to share and synergize. And I'd like to, in this, in the near future, maybe have some kind of virtual meeting where we can talk about it and grow with it. So that's where I'm at today, guys. And, and the reason why is because I believe, you know, when somebody has had a crisis of faith or their faith has been shattered we need something. When somebody's leaving the traditional church or they don't have any intentions to ever go to a traditional church, they need something. There's a need there. We need that fellowship. We need that connection. And we need to be able to have that community, that fellowship. So again, 
Hey, from my heart to yours, you guys, I hope that you have an awesome day. Today it's Wednesday here in my family. We say, hey, let's have a wonderful Wednesday, a wonderful, wacky, whimsical Wednesday. You know, let's get out there and do it. Let's let's have a wise Wednesday. You know, let's learn, grow, share, give, love, teach, uh, all that good stuff. Ultimately, get out there and embrace your life. Embrace the day, experience it, and know that in your heart of hearts, you're going to conquer life, come what may, because you're a powerful creature, you're a cosmic force, and you're out there doing good things. So, hey, guys, uh, thanks for listening again, and I look forward to sharing more and talking to you soon. Peace.